0: Hey everybody, this is Matt Hardman coming to you from the mobile studio, hands-free and safe of course, uh, with another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast right here on CKCC Radio, your home of the plethora of programming. Ah, we just got through week six of NASCAR's uh, Cup Series season, we'll talk about the racing at Richmond in both the Xfinity Series race and the Cup Series race, along with my thoughts on Richmond. Um, a track that I have been new and that I have enjoyed in the past. Uh, also talk about a, uh, a local ringer, um, that was chosen uh, to compete in his first SRX series race, sorry, <clears throat> along with um, some other news and notes uh, to get caught up on. Uh, I'm going to forego a um, pop quiz nose this week uh, to talk about uh, Richmond and what I think uh of the racing this weekend and just racing in richmond in general Uh, so let's get in dive into uh richmond we had uh two races this weekend the trucks were off um richmond is also the first true short track of the season In the last five races, uh, NASCAR's Cup Series has competed on um, a super speedway, a a mile-and-a-half oval, a two-mile track that they have not been on since prior to the pandemic, um, a mile uh, semi-oval in Phoenix, Uh, Flat track uh, and also the reconfigured Atlanta um, mile and a half oval that actually raced much like a super speedway akin to a smaller Daytona or Talladega. Uh, So, Richmond would be a a true litmus test in many ways. Um, First, uh, we've you know, we've been on this streak of Drivers under the age of 30, um, going back the last 12 uh, points-paying races, we've seen drivers under the age of 30 uh, win at the end of these events, uh, end up victory lane. Uh, with that streak continue? with the streak of um, first-time winners, actually, coming to play here, I mean, we've had three of the past six races have been won by drivers claiming their first checkered flag in the Cup Series. Uh, Austin Sindrick, Chase Briscoe, and Ross Chastain. Uh, would we see a Tyler Reddick, or a Daniel Suarez, or a Corey LeJoy um, join that illustrious list? Um, how would the Toyotas fare? Um, because Toyota's while racing good have been uh, denied a chance at victory lane this season with both Chevy and Ford uh, punching their way in. Uh, but many questions were answered at Richmond. And what I I believe is it, it was a a lackluster um, Richmond race a short track for Richmond. It was a lackluster. Um, up until the end of the race, um, that was due to strategies. Um, the strategies of uh, teams that, you know, are used to being up front, uh, like Joe Gibbs and Stuart Haas, played the strategy game quite well and walked away with quite a bit of Points positions. Uh, I don't want to say wins, but you know, because there can only be one winner. But um, made it made a huge step forward in their season, and um, a lot of questions like like I said were answered. Um, but before we get to the Cup race, let's talk about the Xfinity race, um, the 2022. Ty Gibbs' Invitational Xfinity Series uh, rolls on with Gibbs picking up his third win of the young season, his third win in six races. And this one uh, has come down to a little bit of controversy. Um, not, not a major controversy, but a little bit of controversy nonetheless, uh, as Ty would uh, bump his teammate for the week. Bump. um, John Hunter Nemechek out of the lead, very late in the race, with just a handful of laps to go, would move them and go on to claim the checkered flag. Now this is after some hard, some hard but fair um, driving between the two, a little bit of bumping back and forth, um, with the two of them swapping the lead. Obviously. Uh, the Joe Gibbs uh, Supras were the class of the field, and, um, this was, hey, one of the two was actually going to, um, make, make it to, uh, victory lane. Now, where I had the issue is, uh late in the race, with the bumping and banging and passing for the lead, um. John Hunter's crew chief came over the radio, and told him to stop roughing up the 54 car. Uh, the 54 car being driven by Gibbs, of course. Um, John Hunter kind of laid off, um, made a, uh, a clean pass uh, for the lead on Gibbs. And on the last lap, uh, Gibbs would get to his bumper, tap his bumper, just getting him out of the groove a little bit, then kind of bump him up the track once he got underneath him uh, for the win. Now, where I had the issue is John Hunter had a right to be a little upset. I mean, we're not talking fisticuffs at the end of the race, but he was a little upset. Granted, you know, being upset, he was kind of caught between a rock and a hard place because, well, uh, the guy who bumped him out of the lead and took the win away uh, was his team owner for the race's grandson. So, um, you know, I'm sure complaining would, you know, would kind of fall on deaf ears. Um, And and it's a really shitty uh, situation for Gibbs to be, uh, Nemechek to be in knowing that, um, obviously the organization and obviously the team owner would kind of fall on the side of, uh, Young Ty. Now, my thing is, and I have, and I said this in a chat while, um, in a Facebook thread, not quite a chat, but a Facebook thread, um, in a group I'm in, uh, during the race is, uh, I don't think he would have got off that easy if this was in the Cup Series with a lot of the KG veterans. Um, both him and Nemechek are both rather young. Uh, Nemechek's been on the circuit a little while uh, and Ty is maybe 20 years old. Um, if that, is very young. In um, the, I don't want to say immaturity, uh, but uh, just this brashness uh, while Ty does have the talent, um, like I said, I've, I've equated him, um, you know, probably to the driver that he, you know, that he equates to most is a young Kyle Busch. Now, we all know Kyle Busch no saint. So, I, um, I said, had he done that to a, a driver like a Kevin Harvick or a, um, A Denny Hamlin, or, or even, or even, uh, if you want to go back a little further, like a Jeff Gordon, or definitely a Dale Earnhardt, uh, there, there's just some things you would not be able to get away with A Joey Logano, um, right, Kieslowski, those type of guys, they would not allow you to get away with that, um, Ty, unfortunately, did, uh, I, I thought it kind of soured. Uh, what we were watching at the end of the race, just the kind of, um, the bump and run. Now, when it comes to stuff like this, it, it, it's a balls-and-strikes call. It wasn't, um, you know, he didn't wreck them for the win, uh, which I've seen other drivers do. Um, uh, one that comes to mind realistically is uh, Dale Earnhardt back in 1999 at Bristol, at the Bristol Night Race, uh, which even a lot of Dale Earnhardt fans, like, real, true Dale Earnhardt fans, thought that that was a dirty move that he put on Terry Labonte, dumping Labonte for the win. Um, this this wasn't as bad, but uh, coming from a, a young driver who's got so much talent, Um, he doesn't need to be doing these things, and that's kind of what the crux is, because he knows he can fall back on the fact that it's his family's team. Uh, so, yeah, that kind of, that kind of set the mood for Richmond, um, going into Sunday, or at least my mood was, you know, are we going to see more of this crap on Sunday? And Sunday also was, how would these new cars race? Will Toyotas show up? And, in the same group, on our Sunday thread, I, I said I expected, you know, that this would be the make or break uh, moment for Toyota's young season. That if they didn't start getting the ball rolling, then this could be very disastrous for them. And, um, I will say, I, I, I was, I, I picked a Toyota to win, um, just not the Toyota that won. <laughs> um, the, uh, Denny Hamlin, at his home track, picks up his 47th career win. Uh, it's amazing that he's got that many wins. Um, shutting out a f- the first-time winners along with the under-30 crowd. Uh, So score one for the old guys. Um, Now, what's really insane about this is the race was very ho-hung for for a Richmond race. uh, Now, I went to Richmond back in 2005, Um, the Richmond spring race, uh, which at the time was held at night. And it seemed like there was a lot more action, a lot more, um, everything. But what I saw was just kind of, it was okay. It's been better than previous Richmond races. Um, and I attribute a lot of that to the new car and the tire and all, um, which made it better than what it had been. Now, like I said, in the past, it's been very, very droll and boring um, to the point where I know NASCAR fans who kind of, you know, Richmond is not high up on their list of things to watch. Um, But but this race had it all, and I know uh, one driver by the name of William Byron who thought that this would be like a late model race where you see for 300 laps... Uh, Drivers on their P's and Q's minding um, their business. And then um, that last hundred, them going for it. Kind of like a, kind of the theory that a lot of drivers have when it comes to super speedways. So, um, with that said, you know, it was kind of like that. But at the end of the race, uh, pit strategy um, fell in the favor of, Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick um, would uh, go for fresher tires than their competitors and they would rocket through um, the mid-pack right around 18th 20th. They would rock it through the field after the final pit stop and would um, find themselves first and second bypassing Byron who was holding the lead off from Martin Truex Jr., the guy who I had picked to win um, last year's winner, and um, it it made it more interesting, it made this pit strategy, uh, which I think we'll see more in the season like at places like Michigan and whatnot, um, fuel mileage tracks, uh, we'll see that, and um, it's it's going to make it a lot more interesting, especially with the tires. Um, given on a place like Richmond where it is very well. Uh, so, my overall thoughts, great for Denny, uh, great for Toyota. They needed this boost. And, uh, Denny, who has not had the best of seasons, certainly for a championship caliber driver like he has been the past five seasons, uh, this was very, very slow out of the game. Um, you know, a string of 24th and 20th place the 25th place finishes. damn that was hard to get off my tongue um that this kind of gives him that boost that he was going to need uh to you know to kind of make an impact and get into these playoffs uh so right now he has punched his ticket in and I think it's also questioned a lot of doubt that the uh that the Toyota teams had had um you know, with how how well they're adapting to this um, next gen car, this Gen 7. Uh, so I was I was impressed with that. I'm not a Toyota fan, but I, I was thoroughly impressed. Uh, just like I was impressed um, with uh, Kevin Harvick, who you know even said, "How he got close?" To, to Hamlin that last couple of laps after they've broken away from William Byron taking first and second um, he would have put the bumper to him and this is a guy who is on uh, a season and a half long um, windless drought uh, I know he came close last year at Bristol um, the infamous Bristol night race that started the whole Chase Elliott Kevin Harvick feud um, lost in there. He had a really strong car then. Um, but uh, this, I, I think we're, we're starting to see life. We're finally seeing life um, out of SHR. I know that Chase Briscoe had the um, had the lone win for the team at Phoenix. And Eric Amarola started the season hot with three top ten finishes the first three races, um, but now we're starting to see a little bit more out of the team captain. Uh, I know he's been in the top ten in many of the races, but certainly I, I think the corner is getting turned. Uh, so, uh, but when it comes to Richmond, and this is kind of why I wanted to, to talk about you know all this, my thoughts on Richmond, as I said, were. Richmond's kind of blah. It's kind of missing something from when I went there. Um, I don't know if it's the driver's tempers or if it's um, when I went, they were still running the Gen 4 car, which was um, the same kind of idea that they had from the 80s all the way up until 2007 when they rolled out um, the COT car. the one with the stupid, friggin' wing on the back um, that I hated with passion, um, that in the Gen 6 car, it, it, I think it killed racing at the short tracks. Um, the Gen 4, which I had seen multiple, multiple races with, it, it, it seemed to do better on these short tracks. And not saying that it was just the car. I think just the way the racing had been, it, it kind of was very lackluster. Um, the track is very well worn, and um, it needs a repave. Uh, we're not talking a reconfiguration like Atlanta, because I don't think that would bode well for the track. Um, and I think just reconfigurations, like what they've done at Atlanta and... You know, flipping around the start-finish line at Phoenix and Darlington, it, it's kind of diminished a little bit of it. Um, a little bit of what makes the track good. Certainly with Phoenix, I'm a little biased because uh, prior to the reconfiguration, uh, Kevin Harvick owned that track. Um, so, um, but what I think would be the a good thing for Phoenix and a good thing for NASCAR is if you take the dirt off of Bristol. Take the dirt way, dirt race out of Bristol because I do think in terms of short tracks, Bristol is a much better race, whether it's in the daytime in the spring or in the nighttime in the summer. Uh, Bristol is a much better venue for a true short track race. So you take the dirt off it. You put the dirt at Richmond. Richmond's a little bigger. I know it's three quarters of a mile compared to the half mile that Bristol is. Um, But you would create a uniqueness. Now I know Bristol's not, or Richmond's not as banked so the car's going into the corner. I think it just provides more of a challenge. Uh, For those of you who grew up playing the EA Sports games, I, I think you know what I'm talking about or Especially with the, even now with the new NASCAR games, uh, the heats, they may not be that good, but some of those dirt races that, that they have available are, um, you know, they're, they're challenging. And uh, I think that's what the drivers need. Um, granted, the dirt at Bristol last year, granted it was a small synopsis, I thought was Unique, novelty, fun, but I think Richmond would be a better place for it, and it would really make Bristol, uh, Richmond more interesting. Uh, you just do the one dirt race there, and then they come back in the fall, uh, for the, you know, for the fall race, and have it be, um, you know, a, uh, yeah, it would be that. But... Anyway, that's my thought on Richmond. Some other things to talk about, Um, first is the fact that Peyton Sellers, um, multi-time NASCAR All-American Champion, uh, when they would crown their Champions for the Weekly Series, will be competing at the South Boston Race for the SRX Series as their local ringer. And I think this is a great thing. Um, Peyton, who has, has certainly cut his teeth at South Boston in tracks in the southeast, um, is very deserving to get that shot on the big stage. Much like I said with a Bubba Pollard or a uh, Steven um who are both up, up there for the, um, the local guy, Ringer at Nashville Fairgrounds. Um, Peyton Sellers is in that same category when it comes to South Boston. <coughs> and it would be really great to see these guys uh, do what Doug Colby did, beat these um, these touring legends um, at his home track. And I think if there's anybody who could do it, it's going to be Peyton Sellers. So I'm super psyched for that. I'm completely psyched for the SRX series and all. Um... It was announced that switching gears, uh, Formula One will be competing a Grand Prix in the U.S. in 2023 or 2024. I believe it's 2023 at Las Vegas. Uh, this would be the third stop in the U.S. for the um, for the F1 series. Uh, they will be obviously competing at Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas, along with the Miami circuit um, around, uh, I don't even know what the hell the name of the stadium is, Pro Player Stadium. It was Pro Player Stadium, it was uh, Joe Robbie Stadium, uh, the home of the Dolphins. Uh, so they'll be competing around that And I, And I'm thinking to myself that three, that their F1 is really, really trying to get a true foothold in the US market. Uh, we have IndyCar, which I think is really going to feel it when it comes time for um, these road courses and these street circuits in the US on that circuit. And as I've been championing um, both on on social media and on here in the past, I do believe IndyCar needs more ovals because we're seeing a lot of the ovals go away. Um, a number of the tracks, I think, I was reading somewhere, something like 30 tracks have gone away since 2002 on the IndyCar circuit for whatever reason or another, and most of them are ovals. Um, Granted, places like uh, Richmond and Charlotte uh, were dropped from the schedule. Uh, Texas is very iffy. New Hampshire is off the circuit. Las Vegas, obviously, after the passing of Dan Weldon. um, Wasn't brought back. Um, The Milwaukee Mile, which is a travesty. I I truly loved IndyCar at the Milwaukee Mile. Matter of fact, playing the old Indy racing games on PlayStation, that was my one track where I was very successful. Um, I loved the Milwaukee Mile. I think it's a great challenge uh, instead of being a carbon copy of the um, IndyCar circuit. The, the carbon copy of the F1 circuit. I, I apologize for that. Um, but it, it's just very simple, the fact that um, IndyCar is kind of getting away from its roots, especially um, you know with the IRL and cart split back in the 90s. Uh, IndyCar... Uh, the IRL wanted to really focus on ovals and all instead of being a an f1 circuit and that's what it's becoming again and um, hopefully we'll be able to get more of that Um, but with this but with formula one you know really trying to drum up the the american market it's going to be very very hard so we'll see what happens with that, but I am excited. The, the, the Las Vegas track looks great. It's going to go right, uh, pretty much right down the strip. I know it's going to go by Caesars and a couple of the other, um, casinos. So, uh, it's going to be a really fun race, especially if it's going to be possibly a nighttime race from my understanding, but, um, I'll have more details on that when, when I hear more. Uh, but anyway, um, we've got. Uh, racing next weekend, I believe. I'm trying to remember where they said it's going to be. I believe it's going to be Martinsville. Uh, that'll be really interesting. Um, so, so stay tuned on that. And um, if you haven't checked out on the road with the race nerd, uh, CKCC Radio has a Patreon page uh, where, from time to time, I will do patron exclusive content that is not always about racing. I talk about other things like wrestling and baseball, um, celebrities, sports, um, movies, uh, just random topics while I am in the car. Um, because, well, I'm always in the mobile studio. Uh, so check those out. They are actually quite fun. I, I do have, I do enjoy, you know, just the random shit that comes out of my mouth while I drive. Uh, but anyway, until next time, I'm Matt Hardman and I will see you at the track. Bye.